Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to episode 97. On this episode, we will be reviewing, almost didn't, the movie Tatane. We will have a something to scream about, which we'll get onto later on, which is going to be quite funny. And also, we have our movie from the vault that I picked, which is Toby Hooper's Funhouse. Not only that, all that to fill your boots with, we've got a special guest. And it's Geordie Paul all the way from Ireland. How are you doing, Bonjour. buddy? Bonjour. Bonjour, yeah. Wee wee. Wee wee. How are you, gents? He's okay? Yeah, we're going to do this whole podcast in French, yeah, after watching the French movie. How's no. it going over in Ireland, bud? So, yeah, me. no, all good. I did, I did get to watch quite a lot of films, though, which was good, so I've got to catch up on a few bits and bobs. Oh, you, have you got any horror that you've been watching in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I sort of went, I went sort of on a bit of a horror, horror binge through Netflix and, uh, <laughs> didn't really, didn't really hit the jackpot with a lot of them. So I, I watched, um, well, this was on Netflix, but I watched, I watched Spiral from the Book of Saw. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, what'd you think? Didn't, didn't like it, just thought it was bland and generic and Chris Rock was really bad in it, to be honest. Um, I watched The Witch. Okay. Finally, the Witch. And, uh, One of my faves. Um, yeah, very, very good. Very good. Very art. Very <laughs> yeah, very arty. Not as weird as The Lighthouse, mind you, but no, it was, it was, it was, it was good. Uh, I watched Hush. Hush is very good. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Which was which I really enjoyed. Um, and I I've, actually there was a couple of things I, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. But um, if you watch Hush again, you know she's a author. She writes the book she writes is Midnight Mass, which Ooh. he obviously TV series he went out and direct. Um, check that out. Uh, then I watched uh, there's a film called Clinical on there, which is about uh, post traumatic stress and um. Disfigurement sounds good. It's not terrible. Uh, I watched a film called Wounds. Oh yeah, you watched Wounds. Wounds is awesome, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the oh, funny one when they're in the bar at the beginning and it all gets weird and she just sits at a chair in front of a laptop, right? Yeah. I just remember that ended a bit abruptly, and I remember us talking about it previously. How it just ended in a, like way before I thought it was even going to be finished. Yeah, it sort of got interested, then finished. <laughs> it just was like, okay. Um, yeah, I watched a Spanish horror film on Netflix called The Wasteland. Have you seen? Yeah, about uh, it's like uh, it's old fashioned, old fashioned, but set in ye olden times after the Spanish civil wars and. Families isolated themselves to get away from war, and then there's like it's like a little bit of a creature feature and a bit about insanity and stuff. And it it was it was okay. It wasn't amazing, but it was it, it was good. Um, watch I rewatched Alien Covenant. Jesus Christ, you've been on it, haven't you? Watched reason, <laughs> but I actually quite enjoyed it the second time round. I don't know why. I watched the Thing prequel. That's been sat on my shelf for years. Never watched it. One with Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. Yeah, that, but again... On the, bit, on the Norwegian crew, it's all right. It's not bad. It's okay, but it's not really the thing, is it? It's more... <laughs> it's just a generic horror film. Yeah, and then I watched Psycho. Original? The, the original, yeah. I watched that. Um, and then... Not, not with Van Heche's butthole, then? No, definitely not. No, no, definitely not. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it's, just a, it's just a classic, isn't it? It's amazing, so watch that. Wee, um, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> 
get it. We all go a little crazy sometimes. Love that line. And then um, the last one was Slapface, so I watched that last night. <laughs> Shudder. Nice. Making use of my free Shudder trial. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> title. I mean, you know, we'll be honest here. Like, Slapface was almost what we were going to be doing for our main review, but Matt bent over backwards to uh, watch Detain. So I got I'm... bent over backwards to watch Detain. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look yeah. Um, Matt, I'm, I know that you've been busy over the last couple of weeks um, watching a new TV series on uh, Netflix. Oh, my God. Which I, fin- which I finished today. So. It's consumed my life. I haven't even finished it. So you've obviously uh, been way more into it. So, yeah, it's a Korean TV show called All of Us Are Dead, um, which I thought I'll give it a whirl, you know, watch a couple of episodes. I think it's 13 episodes, about an hour long each. And... I just thought uh, it's probably just going to be really boring and like typical zombie stuff. Oh my God, it completely isn't. It's got some horror, tr- obviously zombie tropes in there and stuff, but it's fucking brilliant. It's just like there's so much crammed into it, so much fresh stuff. And it's just, it's just like full on the whole way through. Oh yeah, it's balls it? to the wall. I mean, there is some, <laughs> there is some weird. Obviously don't spoil it because I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and but I like, will come around and kill you. Where they went to it towards the end and stuff like that with the evolutionists and all that sort of stuff. They they didn't go too Resident Evil, which is great. But like there is it is got a classic tale of like okay they're tra- the the kids they're high school kids trapped in the school and they're trying to escape all the kids that are turning into zombies. It gets really really brutal and stuff like that all the way through. Dark and you so really dark. do lose some lose some friends along the way. I thought. It was, um, but watching the dub version is fucking shit. So I don't know. I just don't, don't get on with that as much. I did try, but I think I watched it in the end with the subtitles and stuff like that because I prefer the Korean voices, I think. I mean, um, yeah, it definitely should be watched that way. But I mean, I just chose to watch it dubbed because I'm eating my lunch and I'm on my break and like fucking shit's going on around me. I need to be focused a bit more. Re- recommend this one big time though. It's a really fun. I mean, the Korean, <laughs> Koreans are smashing it as far as I can say. So um, they've got there's still another one on there which I haven't watched yet. It's called Hellbound, which I still need to check out. I think that's more monsters and sci-fi and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. But they do they do do a good uh, TV show, really good. Um, talking of TV shows on Netflix, I watched another one as well called <laughs> and when I get my mouth around it, <laughs> um, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Worst title ever. Isn't this supposed to be a piss take of the other films, though? I think so. I'm not really sure what the fuck it is. It's a, it's, it's only like a 25 minute per episode TV show. Kristen Bell's in it, and she's like, I don't know, like a, a grieving mother who just drinks like a whole bottle of like you know when you get a bottle of wine glass, she's drinking, she's drunk, and then she witnesses a murder and she's trying to solve the murder. But it's so cheesy and and weirdly weirdly done there's some good like murder moments some good twists and stuff in it but i don't know there's this overtone of that you just feel that it's like a fucking dream or she's just pissed all the time she doesn't really know what's going on and i think it's the woman in the window is the film like i think it's like a parody like you know like the girl on the train and uh gone girl and all that type of sort of you know like psychological but it's not it's not out and out comedy no got some dark humor in it and it's done i don't know I, 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 I you'd have to see it to understand it you're just like what i mean one of the stories is that a a daughter right 
died because she got went to on a like bring your daughter to work day and her dad was like a like this therapist who goes to prisons and he bought his daughter and he's allowed to bring his daughter into there apparently then he accident then he leaves her in a room with a fucking like a cannibal and she gets eaten and i'm like that's not and i'm like like, any minute minute now they're going to pull the rug under and that story's not going to be true it's like but it is it's like what it's daft, man. It's kind of daft, but it's it's weird. It's a weird journey. Yeah, mm, odd. But yeah, that's um, I haven't really watched any movies apart from apart from just being knee deep in All of Us Are Dead. It's quite tough though at the minute. Like I, TV series are sort of taking over my life. Not horror, but just a special mention of the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> um, and like things like Ozark as well have just sort of taken taken over my life a bit at the minute. So. I've just finished part one of those arc, and I was pissed off that there was a part one, to be honest, because I was like, what? What are you doing to me? <laughs> right. Talking about TV, I did one last thing I want to talk about. I did watch a TV show on, I think it was uh, Disney Plus, um, with Steve Martin in it, and Martin Short. It's called The Only Murders in the Building. Selena Gomez in that as well, yeah? Yes, yeah, fucking really good to see like Steve Martin and Martin Short again. It's like they haven't been, they haven't left. It's just so cool. But it's it's really cool again because there's only like 20, 25 minute episodes. And the funniest thing is they do a podcast. Uh, so you can kind of, we can relate to it a bit more kind of in some areas of it. Uh, but it's definitely worth watching because it's quite funny. Yeah. Good. Nice one. Right then. Anything else? Let's uh, get on to some news then, yeah? Right. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw the, some stuff in there. This is no surprise. Uh, Scream 6. Paramount and Spyglass officially order up another Scream movie with the success of the uh, Scream 5. <laughs> Which will, this one will kill the franchise, watch. <laughs> what do we feel about that? I mean, I was pissed off when they brought out Scream 5, but in the end, it wasn't too bad. So, I don't know, why not, eh? Why not bring back the formula? They, they can keep doing it. As long as it's better than Scream 3, you'll be alright. Yeah, exactly. Apparently it's the same writers and same directors, so well, we could, like be him. Right. could be right. The Substance, um, a new movie from the revenge director Coralie Fage is making a body horror film uh, with Demi Moore. Yeah, I saw this. I'm really mm. excited for that. Should it's be really good. She's fucking great. Yeah. But, you know, we haven't got any specifics. I've been kept, it's been kept under wraps, but exciting i'd like to see demi moore back on there and maybe uh something on the lungs of rapid i'll be quite excited to watch that i mean fucking revenge was awesome that was fucking good so uh, i'm going to leave that next bit because i'm sure someone's going to bring this to the table so i'll leave that one for someone else uh dario gento dark glasses um trailer has just come out you checked it out no very italian very uh very 70s looking um you know this is his first film in 10 years so it's basically about a prostitute who's blinded by a serial killer in a botched attack she takes a young chinese boy whose life has also been abruptly altered forever by the maniac's actions he will become her ally in a terrifying struggle to see off the serial killer forever it's very italian (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know man the trailer looked quite interesting let's talk about another trailer I mean, I'm going to pass the torch over to um, uh, Geordie Poole. I'm sure you've got 
uh, you've seen this trailer because you, you put it on the side. So what, what, what other trailers are out there, but Well, I watched it there, the Jurassic World, the new trailer, Dominion. I mean, that wasn't the one I was talking about. Oh, uh, you, oh. <laughs> you can mention what that is, if you want. Which uh, one were you talking about? Were you talking about the Exorcism of God one I sent you? No, the fucking Firestarter, man. Oh, the Firestarter. <laughs> well, sorry, I didn't want to piss on your chips because I know how much you love the original. Um, yes, that was a Firestarter <laughs> trailer, <laughs> which actually looks really good, to be fair, done by Blumhouse, and I didn't realise it was getting made, let alone... I didn't even know until you sent me the link. I was like, I mean, we have to, we have talked about we have talked about it on previous news segments on the podcast. I've definitely brought it to the table before. Have uh, we? Yeah, we definitely have. Um, <laughs> but it's coming it's coming to theaters and Peacock on in May. It's got Zac. Is it? Is Zac Efron playing the dad? Zac Efron's playing the dad. Yeah. Okay. Oh shit! Now I remember we did. Yeah, because we <laughs> talked about Zac Efron being yeah. it. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Um, I'm very I'm looking forward to it. I love the original with um, Drew Barrymore, so bring it on. I thought this, yeah. I thought this was like, it's, it's such a, a cool story that could be told again and again and again. But they did mention the superpowers again, and I'm like, no, oh, fucking brunch over that. Just make it fucking evil and kill everyone. That's what I want to see. <laughs> i tell you what I did watch as well. I don't know if you guys have seen it. You know, uh, there's a new film coming out from uh, Alex Garland, who did Annihilation and Ex Magna, and it's called Men. Men. It's called Men. And it looks creepy <laughs> as hell. It looks really creepy. Okay. Um, from the trailer, I can't remember. Jessie Buckley, I think, is in it. And she, um, I think she's like a grieving widow. And she goes like to re- like retreats in the countryside and um, to be by herself and something or some things are stalking her. But it looks really, really creepy. And obviously, it's done by Alex Garland, who, you know. Yeah, a lot of people like that annihilation. I want King. No, I, I didn't like it, but Ex Machina. Um, yeah, 100%. <laughs> the know, beach. So, yeah. But yeah, we can talk about Jurassic World Dominion. I know Matt won't be interested. I mean, me and Matt, I think I nearly walked out of the cinema for the second one. It was so shite. Oh, awful. Awful. <laughs> and this, one, this but... one will be awful as well, but I'll still go and see it. <laughs> but it's bringing back Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum and um, Laura, De- Laura Dern. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know, they're just doing the classic, which, you know, what the, literally what Scream parodied last, last episode, you know, what we watched, is bringing back all the oldies again to try and look, you know, to end it all and tie it all up. Yay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not, really, not really bothered about this one. <laughs> there you go. Matt, you got anything? Got a couple of bits. Um, Issa Lopez, who did Tigers Are Not Afraid, has got a new movie coming out called Greenlit, which looks really, really cool. I mean, we've been waiting a long time to see something else from her. Because, um, Jordy Paul, have you seen this yet? No. Have you seen Tigers Are Not Afraid? No, I've not seen it. Right, if there's one thing you watch on on Shudder before your time runs out, watch that film. It's a masterpiece. Change your life. So I'm going to read a little blurb from Bloody Disgusting. Um, apparently we've been anxiously awaiting what's next from Tigers and Not Afraid filmmaker Issa Lopez. And Deadline reports today that New Line has picked up a brand new script from Lopez titled The Girl with a Thousand Names. Lopez's new movie has been acquired by New Line with the filmmaker directing and producing the movie for the HBO Max service. So might be on Disney maybe over here. I'm not sure. 
Um, deadline details the script tells uh, the fantastically real story of a child from another world trapped in our broken reality without documents and, a, and in a detention centre um, for children separated from their families at the US border. Sounds so interesting. Could be good. Yeah. Be good. Um, that's cool. Um, also, did you guys see the little teaser trailer for Jordan Peele's Nope? Uh, no, I did not. Sorry, no, there was three stills. I saw one of Stephen Young and Daniel Kaluuya looking up at the sky. That's all I saw. I thought you might have seen it, Paul, uh, because um, it was in apparently in the Super Bowl um, breaks. But then maybe that was only in the States. That's not on. The Super Bowl's not on until Sunday. So. Oh, OK. That's weird. Maybe it's there's, a, always, there's always loads of film trailers in the Super Bowl. Um, oh, maybe it's set to be shown time. in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's oh, a pre. Fine. I think Matt is a precursor to what they're going to. They're going to. Sh- there will be a trailer uh, that drops. That's what. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously I got a bit wrong. I thought the Super Bowl had been, but obviously I don't follow it. So, but yeah. Anyway, is a. It's obviously from the guy that brought you Get Out and um, Us, and it does this really cool split screen where it does Kalua and um, the girl from Us together. And it splits the screen down. And it's really, really cool. And it's like, and then it just has a really quick, like, shot of the, the movie really quickly, just a teaser trailer. So, yeah, hopefully there is a longer trailer, but it just it gives nothing away, obviously. Okay. And my last bit of news <laughs> is Cherry Falls is now on Shudder as well. Sorry. Well, in, in time for Valentine's Day. Yeah. We're talking about the 90s Cherry, Cherry Falls. Yeah. Okay. Starring Brittany Murphy. If you want to go and watch it, it's probably all politically incorrect, but who gives a fuck? All for that. Um, (laughs) There's a few other ones that have dropped uh, quite on Netflix. They've caught up, which is quite interesting. Fantasy Island, which we reviewed last year. Oh, God, I won't even mention that. Yeah. Um, But what was the other one? The Hunt with, with, um, what's the name from Glow? And Emma Roberts and all stuff. I like The Hunt. I thought it was all right. It was okay, yeah. Yeah, it was all right. So that's quite cool. And uh, I'm just getting stuck into a movie called Killer Sofa. <laughs> so there we go. I'll let everyone know how that I've is. I've seen a lot, of, a lot of trailers for that um, Crab movie. Um, apparently it's going to come out this year or next year. No one knows what the fuck's going on. That and Terrifier 2, mate, is all I'm, I, yeah. want, I want to know some information on. So feed me of that. Right. No one's got any more news. Paul, you're good. I'm all good. No snippets. Right. Should we move on to our main review? This episode's main review is uh, is a French movie from the director of Raw, Julia Ducanau. Alexia suffers a terrible skull injury and has a titanium plate fitted into her head. When she gets out of the hospital, she rejects her parents and embraces passionately the car that almost killed her. The coming years, she has problems with her sexuality and meets Vincent. Vincent is a tortured man who tries to preserve his strength by injecting steroids into his arse. Will they find a way to deal with their emotional problems? Well, there we go. <laughs> that is what I would like. I mean, I, I thought this movie was about car fucking, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've been hunting for this for a while. 
Um, there's so much more to this movie about than 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 car fucking really isn't there. Um, where do we start with this, uh, Matt? You took the longest to find this bad boy. Um, you mean the one that watched it not illegally? Yeah. <laughs> what are your initial What are your initial thoughts? <laughs> Um, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too early. I just want to talk about it, really. I don't want to say if I liked it or not. I just really want to digest kind of what you guys thought of it, talk on it, and then I'll give you my verdict at the end. Okay, I mean, for... Where do we start? This is um, a stunning... It's a stunning-looking movie, for a start. The Blu-ray's really sexy, and it's... Oh, what, your German version? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the movie starts very... There's, I think this, this this it very much explores sexuality, um, the sort of feminine roles, masculine roles, very clearly, and how, like, sort of defined they are, and also with the blurry lines in between, um, very, very well. So there's, there's much more... This, this I mean, Christ... I thought I was, we were going to get a lot of like a lot of gear stick action and stuff. <laughs> I mean, if we talk talk about Alexia. She's obviously had the first bit where she had the car crash and she had the steel plate in her head and um, was quite an interesting start. But when you see her, she's all quite. She's very sexy, like when she's grown up, like dancing on cars. There's loads of them, like dancing on cars, and it's like weird. Is that, that's the thing. Is that is that a thing? Is, is, that, it, is, is it an underground right? strip club or is it what? Is that what it is? It's because like, like people are trying to get her autograph and shit. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like an underground sort of car, Pervert. like Fast and the Furious type of meat. Pervy. Like scooped up cars and then strippers. Yeah. But yeah, she had like a following because she's got like an Uber fan that chases her down the road. Hmm. Which brings us on to, you know, almost like immediately we get off, off like the first kill of the movie. Now, it's, this is what I thought. This is it's really interesting because it sort of zigs and zags. You get half of the, the first half an hour of this movie follows her as a sort of as, as the serial killer, I suppose. She's got mm-hmm. an awesome weapon um, as this needle that's in her in her hair, which she doesn't mind stabbing people through the ears and stuff. I thought was some very very graphic scenes. I mean, the use of that needle. I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute. But like, um, yeah, what, what did you think about like? Okay, so the first worthy thing, if is that montage. I mean, because it's a completely different movie, isn't it? Back to front. Yeah, but, it starts one way, then it goes a different way. I like randomly just injects her as a serial killer without any real reason or back sort of story behind it it's just she's a serial killer um and i, I, I don't know if it was hinting at was she abused by her dad <sighs> it was this strange yeah. it was a strange scene where they were, she was sort of in the house just eating cereal obviously she still lives at home yeah and her dad just sort of looks at her and i don't know whether it's a like a no one look as if to say you're like I don't know. I'm ashamed of you because you've got this metal plate in your head, or, or you're a bit of a, a, a you know, you, you go and strut your stuff every night, or what? I don't, I don't know. There's just that look as if they don't well, they hate each other. Like, obviously, we're going to just talk spoilers as we always do about this movie. But the one, obviously, the thing is as well is that he's obviously guilty because he kind of crashed the car that made her 
obviously have the metal plate. However, you're right, I did get that feeling as well. And there's a few different bits which we're talking about going on. But there is, I think it's like way open to interpretation. It doesn't point that way, but it certainly feels like there's some kind of connection that she has with her father that's not right. So their relationship is not right because of something. Yeah, we'll get on to more of that, I think, going on. Because it definitely explores relationships in this movie very well, and, to, and the second half of this movie is all, all based on the fact of a, you know, a father and son. You've got her as a, the first, you know, first half an hour is very, very, very feminine, and in the second half, like the rest of it is, is it turns and twists into sort of this real masculine role. But we're, okay, we're pushing it on. Let's talk about the fucking of the car right at, at the start. Let's talk about let's let's get that out of the way. Like, okay, she's got a fetish. She's definitely got some weird fetish. Um, she's not. We don't, her sexuality is sort of pointed towards a relationship with cars. Now, this weird scene where um, it's like a, a low rider, is it? Where it just bangs up and down. And the car is going Cadillac, yeah. yeah. And she's in the back. She's tied. She's sort of like almost Tied like, seatbelts. Yeah, but she's, she's obviously done that, hasn't she? She walked to the car, right? Yeah, she sort of was in the shower. So after after the she kills that lad, which is really weird because I mean Harry died was weird with all that white shit coming out of his mouth after he got yeah. stabbed in the ear. <laughs> really she, weird. She she goes to sort of wash that off, and then all of a sudden stops as if the car's sort of like calling to her almost. Mm. Like he was almost bashing into the door, wasn't he? Like banging into the door. Like yeah, Oi, come here. <laughs> I, want, I want my oil changed. <laughs> um. And then she sort of walks up to it and sort of kisses it and sniffs it a bit, doesn't she? And then gets in and then... It's almost like she'd done it before, though, right? It's oh, like yeah, there was that... no hesitation. There was no kind of like, oh, what's going on here? It was literally like she'd done it before. Yeah. Then all, this, then all of a sudden the suspension just starts going here while the headlights come on and away we go. It's almost, it's almost comical, though, isn't it? Come on. I, I like disagree. To a point. The, the, the car's going up and down. She's obviously having sex somehow with, I would imagine, something inside. But it's almost on the cusp of being comical. Almost. I don't know. For me, it wasn't. For me, although oh, yeah. that first half, it wasn't. I thought it was going to be really shocking. That's what I thought this movie was. That's what I think. And I didn't find that that bit. Maybe you're right. Maybe it wasn't as it wasn't as shocking her just driving about in the car I thought we were going to see something really fucked up like see, in I, a... I, I kind of had a feeling it was because I've, I've, the only thing I knew about it that I'd been told about this movie was a woman has sex with a car that's as much as I knew and I, yeah, and I also know the director and writer because she's done Raw which I've seen which I I implore you to go and watch because it's it's really really again like this movie is, 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 you know, but we're not talking about that anyway yeah Carry on. But the car impregnates her, right? That's what we're led to believe. From that that instance, there's some weird shit starts happening. She starts a sort of weird relationship with um, this uh, girl, but she's more more interested in her in a nipple ring. She's clearly got an affinity for like metal, um, which is which is quite interesting. And when she gets back to the corner, she strikes, and that's when she like like strikes out. But in that scene beforehand, she 
she's feeling pregnant, right? Yeah. And she gives herself an abortion or tries to. She sticks that needle that she uses as a weapon and is trying to give it. Now, that scene for me was so well done and like so like the cinematography behind it the way it's that she clever, was acting it doesn't show everything either does it no. it's, it's it's the the whole situation that it puts you in and the whole way it's done it's very clever because it's not like grotesque oh my god but it makes you think oh pain because she, mm. she is a fucking amazing actress obviously 100%. we'll get to that later but this is her first movie first ever movie role Apparently she got picked up off Instagram uh, for this. And that scene is just like, God knows how it was like, you know, you got to show pain. Uh, yeah. And it's done so well. I, I felt everything and I felt, I, I felt physically sick and I, and I did exactly what I think is, but I haven't felt that way for a long time, like watching a scene in a horror movie. I know that much. I was, it, it really got me. And then I was like, okay, what's next? Fuck. You know, um, and you get that. Then you got kind of a fun. I am going to say fun. A fun musical montage of the of the of her killing the rest of the people in the house. Yeah, I just didn't get why she wanted to kill them. What, it doesn't explain, with, does it? What, it doesn't really. It's so you've got she's a serial killer, and obviously news programs in the background are saying people have gone missing and. And uh, and I know that ties in later on, but I think there's definitely a bodies have been found and all this type of stuff that it's sort of like lending you to think that she's been doing this a while. Yeah. Mm. But yes. then motives for it. What are her motives? I mean, is it does she think that this girl thinks she's pregnant? She doesn't want anyone to know, so she decided to kill her. I don't and think. I think. I know the others. She's at a party, and the others just stumble in on it, so they sort of got to go too. I don't think uh, it's as big. I think that was the beauty of it: the fact that there wasn't a clear motive why you know why do serial killers do what they do opportunity and all that sort of thing it just explores that sort of way and she's just there's something not right with her that's the thing because it makes you it makes you wait for like logic and reason like you're waiting the whole i was waiting for this whole movie with logic and reason and it, it doesn't really give you that and and i'm just thinking there must be there's going to be an answer there's going to be a reveal there's got there's got to be some kind of reason but I think it's fucking brave in not doing that. Yeah. Like that whole sequence where she's like going upstairs and it's like, oh fuck, I've got to kill this. And there's, I don't know whether it's a nod to um, American Psycho, but the bit where she's like kill, killing people and then another one turns up, another one, she's like, oh, her face is like, oh shit. It's like just like that bit on American Psycho and I, I fucking laughed at that. I thought that was quite funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Pretty, then it pretty. takes another mood shift. I mean, this 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 got me confused. And after this is one I wanted to ask you boys for a long time watch, after watching this. Right, so she's on the run now, right? She's done a lot of murder. She's she's know she's on the run. So she just cuts her hair. Fair enough. Then she breaks you've her nose. You got. I just want before you skip to that bit. Mm. There's one bit where she goes back to her house. And this is another bit that makes me think that she was possibly, uh, I'm making assumptions, abused by her father because she goes into the house and she starts, uh, burns all her clothes that she's wearing. Um, and then she decides to go up to her parents' room, opens the door and then looks in and he goes to get out of bed like and looks at her really weirdly. And that's the moment she shuts the door and locks it. 
So obviously she wants them to burn to death. Right? Am I getting that right? That's what I got. I think so. So she's she's obviously wants to kill them. And then this sets her up on the run. As yeah. well as the murders. Obviously because one of the girls got away at the house. Which yeah. was Again, that's what makes me think that the father just looks so shifty getting out of bed. Like, oh, yeah, who, what's she doing in here? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not not very strange disagree with you but like the next part of it is it's a real change in her demeanor everything changes in terms of her um her femininity disappears and it really cleverly disappears that's that's fucking it's so clever again this bit is so clever it's just she goes from this uh, like incredibly sexy person who is you know gender looks like she she's like not really specifically into anything but however this is the part where it's the kind of almost the middle of the film kind of ish and it's like right now it's time to change and i just think this bit is fucking clever how it changes yeah the change of pace and stuff like that is so bizarre then we 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 exploring this other character called vincent who what I don't, she's exploiting him? She's saying yeah, that he's, yeah. he's, his, he's son his, his son's been missing for like ten years. Yeah, and then she assumes yeah. his identity to get away from because she looks at the poster and that's when she decides to to break her nose, which is oh, a fuck is that? It was probably with, worse with than the, the, <laughs> it was worse than the abortion bit. Oh, come on, it was just like oh fuck, because she's like it's so funny like. She's trying to punch herself, and it's like, you think about if you tried to punch yourself, you would not hit yourself as hard as you would hit somebody else. So she has to pick a different way, and it's just like that whole head against the sink thing, oh, really fucking, like, puts... Oh, she looks oh. like leaves to herself afterwards, though. <laughs> so she, she gives herself to the authorities and says, this is who I am. And then, obviously, the next bit is him coming in to identify basically his son. Which I thought when he turns up, I was like, oh, he's obviously here to identify one of the, the, the person she killed maybe right at the start. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. quite clever, because I thought, like, oh, here we go. It's going to be like a dad trying to find out who his killer is. And that's where it does a little turn, and it's, oh, fuck. She's literally made made herself look like a man. Um, I don't know how many years it was. Was it like 10, ten years? 10 years, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she just made herself look like his son would have looked now. But that's the thing. He doesn't she doesn't look anything like oh, no. his son. And that but that's the cleverness of it. That's the whole that's the, I think that's, the point. that's yeah. That's the whole I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, sort of pray that this guy is so willing to accept that his son's alive and he's about to speak to him again. Is that he'll just accept anybody who says he's him? Completely. Which is what happens. Because even the guards uh, the the uh the station are like is this definitely his son he's like do you not think I know what my own son looks like yeah. and you're a bit like well <laughs> not like that <laughs> yeah I agree yes. and then like so he's he's delusional I mean he's already he's he's obviously getting older he's scared of he's the captain isn't he of this fire brigade with loads of other boys who've all got their head shaved he knows that she's not the son, he she know he knows. I, that's Absolutely. what I that's what I feel. He knows all the time. I mean, she's trapping up her pregnant, uh, increasingly pregnant uh, body, 
um, which you know, it's, great. it's far. It's a faster process, isn't it? It's like it's like she's getting pregnant fast and leaking oil. Yeah, which again, those scenes are fucking crazy, crazy um, effects. Like, and it, it, the body dysmorphia, like of it all as well. Like, you know, the, the, there's some real nods to sort of Cronenberg. I feel in this like that, totally. which, yeah, yeah. the belly, um, her her sort of uh, crookedness, her bent overness, which you know she. She, even though you see her like naked, it's not a, a pleasant. It's not meant to be a pleasant sight, um, and it, it's really sort of like. I mean, I just like I don't know how she squeezed it all in and how the people. Obviously, there are some, some suspicious people around because she's it's hanging so, around. But those those scenes are so visceral as well, and they're so, it's so in your face. It's like you're going to look at every inch of this body. You're going to we're going to pan in on. We're going to close up on it. You are going to see warts and all everything that's going on bruises cuts and everything that's like she's doing to try and like hide and she doesn't say this is the this is the the accomplishment of the acting because she doesn't really have anything much to say she's very quiet in this movie yet you can just see a, a, a motive and and i think that goes that she is maybe a little bit simple as well and not calculated but just but i don't know how manipulative she is is she just an opportunist is she manipulative don't know but she, she just needs somebody something and she you know she always goes back in and kills him she you know she almost goes he's like defenseless and then it, she sort of flips and right i'm going to actually embody this body yeah. his son and because stuff she like. she she goes to leave right she goes to sleep, which is a really weird scene because you think this is a chance she's going to get away. It's like, just go, run, get away. And it's just like she's on the bus. And then she sees these lads get on that are just assholes in there. They're just real horrible. And you think, oh, fuck. Here we go. She's going to fucking go nuts on these boys. And again, it does another little heel turn where it's like she just gets back off the bus. And you think, hang on a minute, what's going on? But it's all about the connection of, of I think, that she realises she has this father connection with Vincent. She has this massive connection where he will do anything for her. He'll train her, he'll, he'll train her in a new training uh, fire brigade. He'll spend his time with her. He'll do anything for her or him. Um, and this is where it, it turns again. It's like she sees that as a positive thing. And I think it's kind of she treats it as the father figure she never had kind of thing. Yeah. And that's why she obviously goes back. And she is good for a while. She's sort of dealing with being in this boyish role and still hiding her her body, I suppose, and and going along to like, um, you know, the with the crew and like even saving someone's life at one stage and stuff. That was like the weird stay staying alive. It was it was, um, the, uh, the CPR and stuff like that. You know, and that was quite uh, amusing. But she she saved someone's life, but. It brings you back down to earth. There's some weird trance and stuff like that moments. Um, music in this is incredible, and there's some real clever scenes that they did. I mean, the the scene where they're all sort of like being complete, like, like complete lads, like riotous, like um, you know, a real sort of rave scene where they're just like bumping into each other, like you would right, level three. Watching those scenes, I thought I was in the gay club. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit... It was very. Very yeah. that's what if that's what you felt but it just explored the sort of like different dimensions i don't know like again it was exploring sexuality and all that I sort think of it stuff was the gayest fire brigade i've ever seen 
I don't know. I didn't. Maybe I didn't do in France. Maybe that's what kind of parties they have. It's just very, very strange. I didn't get. I didn't get that at all from that scene. I just got it like being. It was young boys just sort of just throwing themselves at each other. Like didn't didn't some of those parties, didn't you, son? That's what I, was, <laughs> I don't know, mate. That wasn't for me. But obviously, it, then because then the the turning point from that was then when she got on top of the the fire truck, and obviously she's then got that reclassification with the the metal again. And she's sort of feeling quite sexy then. She's not feeling masculine anymore. She go and she's like goes back to that real feminine um, look. Even though she's supposed to look like a, a boy, she's going back to being really feminine. She's dancing and flirting with the car. Yeah, the when, when you look at it that way, it's quite clever because it is it is this kind of masculine thing, isn't it? It's like the whole kind of um, thing where they are being all like really masculine and then the fact when she gets on this on this fire engine it's like something clicks in her and it's just like and they're all on looking some of them are like i think some of them are like obviously really put off by it and weirded out but then some of them find it absolutely captivating Mm. um so again it does deal with that sexuality of of kind of um what's going on here you know but it's very very clever you skip past the bit where the mother comes yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. So yeah, yeah so the mother, the mother rocks up to meet her son, uh, and she catches her basically in the nude or wrapping herself up, doesn't she? But she's ignoring it. They they're all ignoring. It. It's like it's being ignored. Well, I thought she doesn't ignore it. She acknowledges that it's not her son, but she mm-hmm. I think for the good of she's obviously been through the mill with is it Vincent? Yeah. She's like, look, I don't care who you are, why you want to do it, just don't put them through any more hurt. So, you know. Like, I'll leave you alone. I won't say anything, but just mm-hmm. know this is—he's a good man down down the world. So please don't hurt him. Mm. Which the finale, though, like you know. Hang on, fu- you forgot. She fucks a fire engine. Yeah, I did. I did say that she fucks the fire did engine. Yeah, she fucks the fire engine. She cheats on the car. She fucks the fire engine, and then it's all. Um, in labour-inducing, stomach-ripping, um, the the, the labour scene and stuff like that, when he's like, he has to acknowledge that she's not his son, really, even though she, they have that moment where I'll always think of you as my son. It's like, fuck, well, she's just about to give birth to her. And I'm like, captivated. But this, this is a weird thing. Of, what's, the, like, what's coming out of her? <laughs> yeah, but she's like, this is the weird thing again. She goes back to see Vincent when she's literally starting to kind of go into labour. And then she starts getting all sexual with him. And yeah, again, it stems really back to so me thinking that possibly she was abused by her father and that she's mistaken, mistaken it like love to be that way and that's what he wants, but he the, doesn't want that. And he the wants only, purely... The only other theory might I add on it was that yeah. obviously at the start, right at the start, when she distracts her dad mm. by doing the car noises and he's like, shut up, will you? And he, obviously then he crashes the car. Mm. Maybe from that point on, he didn't love her. And that's why, I suppose... They have no connection. Yeah, yeah they have no connection possibly. from then. And he, he sort of blames her for doing that and ruining, yeah. essentially, herself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good call. Could be. she's looking for love any which way she can find it. This is what I mean. I'm not... I'm, I don't know... I'm not saying it is the thing, because I think it's... Again, this movie is massively open to interpretation. But it's just it makes you it made me think oh is that is that why she acts like she does? Well, I thought I thought of watching her. I thought has has he abused her? And now that she's got the metal plate in her skull, did he stop abusing her? Mm. 
So yeah, she gives birth to Megatron. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> it's um, it's a bit bonkers. Like, it's it's clearly a baby with a sort of metal spine. Is that what I? I that's what I got from that. Yeah, right? little metal baby. But it, I, I, I'm guessing it's a boy. Are we saying it's a boy? Giving him the Sony that, yeah. wanted. That's it. It's the yeah. circle in it. It's like he finally gets what he always wanted was a, a, to restart again with a son. But what is? Uh, it's just so, it's so bizarre. I mean, the whole her whole body is just collapsing, like you know, leaking oil from everywhere. It's quite disturbing, and she is so good at not making it, um, not making it comedic. And making it horrific is what it should have been, which is what the intention was, and the horrific, and it really got me. It just, I, my eyes wouldn't leave the bloody screen. I just, I just, I was captivated by it. It, it really, really got me. Um, and I think that's a testament to one, the direction, and two, her, like, Agatha, like her incredible acting. I mean, Vincent London, who plays, his, his name's Vincent London, I think. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Like, he's been in Lahaine and stuff like that, so. Yeah. You know, he's he's been around, but I just thought it was, it was for me it was phenomenal. I was I just I'm not saying I enjoyed it, but I just couldn't stop watching it, and it just and it stayed with me. It really has, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm I it was definitely glad we got to watch this one finally and, and talk about it. And it's quite cool. Yeah, it definitely stays with you, and it's definitely a film to be discussed and poured over and stuff. Just don't know. I just don't know if it hit the same way with me. I, 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 I sort of found myself trying to catch up to it, and not re- and spending a lot of the time trying to. I don't know. Trying trying to unravel it a bit. Well, maybe I should have just let it just wash over my head. But I, I, I don't know. I just want. I, I, you take the car out, and it could have been a decent, nice little nasty serial killer film. I just didn't. I didn't understand the the metal bit and the baby and the the oil and all that type of stuff. I just didn't get it. And I don't. I, don't I just think I don't it was know. just really brave original storytelling. Perhaps, in my opinion. What about you, Matt? I like. First of all, I was like, it it totally does a twist on me because I was like, oh, okay, I kind of know where this is going. I can't. It's it's going to be one of those films where you just got to let it wash over you and just watch it for what it is. And then I just got, I got really captivated, like really involved with it. And I was like, I'm really glad that I was watching it kind of like with my full intention and, and, and trying to figure out the logic and the reason behind it. Like, like you said, Paul, it's like, why, 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 why are these things happening? And then I just, it, it was like, well, why do you have, I was like thinking, why do I have to know kind of this thing? Can it not just be a strange movie? Yeah. And I, that, you know, plenty of strange movies, and I've watched and went, "Yep, yeah, brilliant." I just, yeah. for some reason, I just couldn't, I couldn't work it out myself. Like, and yeah. I, you know, like you can interpret it any way you want. Yeah, yeah. Come up with your own idea, but at the end, I'm still going. I still haven't got really an idea. <laughs> what I, what what was happening? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's good too, though. When you yeah, yeah. moving, go. What did I just fucking watch? Yeah. Fuck? Oh yeah, I was like, but this is the thing. It's just like. I I get really bored of watching paint by numbers films, and when a film like this comes along, which tests me, and it gets under my skin, and it's been under my skin and on my thoughts since I watched it, and thinking about it for the podcast and stuff, 
that the more I think about it, the more I like it, and the more, like, I like it more than Raw that I've seen previously, which is a weird one as well. Um, definitely watch it. But I think because of all the no logic and no reason, and and the acting is unbelievable, I just think it's so well done. Uh, I just It really, 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 really affected me. Again, I don't know if I like it, like it, I don't think that's the thing like you said, Paul, but I, I definitely have got so much respect for it and for just the storytelling point of view and the way it's shot and the way the acting is and stuff like that. And obviously that's why it's got loads of um, kind of respect at Cannes Film Festival and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but, you know, it just it, the fact that it's done all that for me, to me, I think it, it's just a, a really, really, really good movie and a fucking massive talking point yeah no, it's lots much of, more than about oh this oh this woman fucks a car i didn't watch it because of uh, because a woman fucks a car but it's it's more than that so it's like if i go into work tomorrow right which i did oh they're like what did you do like oh what watched a crazy movie about a woman fuck that fucks a car they just laughed at it they kind of laughed at that kind of thing, but it's more than that. It's not that. It's it's so much more. It's got so much more layers in it, and it's got so much more storytelling in it. It's just it's way more than that. And I really hope it gets a lot of people's eyes on it. And you know, the release has been slow. Obviously, we had a hard time finding it. Yeah, it's on Amazon really now to rent for nine ninety nine, very expensive. But um, I'm sure it'll come up free on Prime at some point. And I'm sure it'll come out on Blu-ray and stuff soon. Um, but yeah, um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. All right then. Well, after all that, what are you going to put? Are you going to put a number to it? I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. No, actually, Jordy Paul, you go first because you're the guest. Sorry. Okay, cool. Well, I'm probably just going to lowball it a bit, so um, I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Because okay. it just, I did, oh. I, I didn't really. I didn't enjoy it obviously as much as you guys. I respect it. I do respect mm. it, and it's yeah. very bold. And it's the one word I kept thinking: this is just rough. It's just a rough film. Um, and I, I but I, just, I, I can't say I really enjoyed it, or I don't think would watch again. So six out of ten. Go on, Paul. For me, it's a nine. Oof, straight out of the game. Oh. Um, yeah, it's I'm just if. Yeah, it it was um, a really interesting watch, and I, I, I said everything that I, I I couldn't stop talking about this movie. Mm. It really got me. So yeah, I mean for that, I knew that I took on an emotional roller coaster. That it deserves that. Cool. Yeah, I, I mean I I I would have said at the moment it's an eight for me, borderline nine. I'm I'm kind of in between eight and nine on this. That's really lame, but. I can see it being one of like a really favourite film. Like it's really strange because I didn't, you know, the films that push the boundaries like that we've covered before, like Censor, and uh, what was the other one, um, Paul, that you've seen as well? Um, uh, the one with Sean Bean in it. Possessor. The Possessor. See those two movies, I wasn't so keen on, and like not as much as this, and I don't know why. But this it's strange, is, isn't it? Because I love Possessor. Yeah, so. exactly. You love Possessor. Paul loves you. You absolutely love Censor, where I was a bit less on it. But this one, I, I'm like, way. I just yeah. 
So sure, I'm glad in a, in a way that I haven't lost that kind of kind of. Um, thing it's, it's, a testament, it's a testament. It's a testament to the movie because we've talked about it for fucking ages, mate. So sorry. <laughs> so yeah, in a in a really good way. So I think that's. Okay. Been, I think it's worthy of uh of an eight. Yeah, let's let's go down the middle. Yeah, I'm happy at that. Eight refs out of ten for pain. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah, okay. Right, moving on to our. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Moving on to our next um, non-car fucking movie. So the uh, relaunch of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is coming out on Netflix on the 17th of February. So we shall be sitting down and watching that for episode 98. Looking forward to that. Right. Let's move on to our something to scream about. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Okay, so... I've been lumbered with this. Uh, this was a suggestion in, in pure jest, but uh, we're going to go for it. So, lads, something to scream about, and to be fair, you'll be screaming about it, um, is in light of Tatane, if you were going to be fucked by a car, <laughs> which one would it be and why? I well, think, uh, Butcher should go first. Yeah, definitely. Butcher will go first on this one. I mean, I was thinking about horror cars and stuff like that, but um, you could have, uh, like, Herbie the Love Bug is the perfect choice, really, isn't it? Well, I think it's in the name. Gentle. It's in the name, really, isn't it? Very, it's got your back. But I don't know if you're talking about, like, cars and horror. Christine all day, isn't it? They were definitely fucking. She's more. Christine's a, a, like a girl, girl car, though, isn't it? You know? They, these were very masculine cars in this in this one, but you know, I feel. But like, yeah, Christine from uh, <laughs> from you Stephen also possess King. your soul as well. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's it. Fucking weird, weird question though, Paul. Disgusting, really. But there you go. That's, what well, that's, that's me all over. <laughs> that's what you like. So yeah, Christine. <laughs> so over to you, Matt. And why is it Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? <laughs> <laughs> First choice is always going to be Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. But, um, yeah, I was just going to go for my old Peugeot 205s I used to drive. That, was, that drove lovely. You know, <laughs> just standard. Not very reliable, though, was it? It was a Peugeot, was it? Or? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. But I was, um, no, the, the actual right answer is a DeLorean, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So it'll be over a bit quick, but you know, fine. That's yeah, you. you can go back in time or whatever. <laughs> what about cars in horror? You know, a car in horror. Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe what about Jack since uh, The Shining, the uh, station wagon. Well, I, I was going to say, I was going to say the um, the mystery machine from Scooby Doo because you could have a rag gang bang in there. <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> <laughs> Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Bestiality involved as well, Jesus. Yeah, but Paul, you would have got, got away with it too if yeah, it wasn't kids. Damn it, you beat me to it. Yeah. It's not horror, but uh, Kit and Knight Rider, because could talk to you while it does it. Oh, you don't. We, 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 Mr. Classics, obviously. Ecto, you know, Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters is a good car. 
Bumblebee would take care of you. Could transform in anything you wanted. What, what about the the monsters? You know, keeping it horror related. The, you know, the monsters wagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could have the the the, the bikes from uh, the Lost Boys. Or, or we just are we are we strictly keep the cars, I suppose. <laughs> what about Freddy's Cadillac? Or the bus. The bus. Oh, the bus. <laughs> Too much. Maybe you could take that, Paul, but not me. <laughs> Okay. Uh, anyway, enough. What about, what about uh, the car from It Follows? You know, it's pretty seedy. It's a pretty cool car. That is a nice car, isn't it? Is it, oh, is it Mustang? I think blue, isn't it as well? Hmm. Mm. It's extra. <laughs> is it might come with an STD. Yeah. That follows you around. What everything from Maximum Overdrive? Oh, the big fucking lottery with the uh, the Goblin face. Yeah, Green Goblin, isn't it? Green Goblin. Fucking weird. <laughs> Alright, this is a weird fucking question. Moving on. <laughs> have, yeah, if you have I've got any questions out there for us listeners. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, yeah, really screw with the barrel now. <laughs> otherwise, this is what we're going to talk about is fucking cars, alright? <laughs> um, to save us from talking about. Well, I, I definitely, I definitely want to be shagging a Cadillac because. I can't be giving birth to no little transformer baby. <laughs> it could have been, a, you know, you know, at its heart, it could have been a movie about, rather than a car, a transformer. So maybe it was a transformer. Lonely transformer. <laughs> Don't know. That that could have been the inspiration for the movie. Yeah. What happens if one of the transformers decided to fuck Megan Fox? <laughs> There we go. Right, okay, anyway. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Moving on. Let's move on to our uh, move from the vault. Who will dare to face the challenge of the month? Who is mad enough to enter that world of darkness? Something is alive in the funhouse. Something not alive like its father. Something better dead. Something that has the form of a human, but not the face. This better be good. It's gonna be great. Something that feeds off the flesh and blood of young innocence. Come on, here we go. This is it. Something that tonight will turn the funhouse into a carnival of terror. Pictures. The Fun House. It's a carnival of terror from Toby Hooper, the director who terrified you with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, so this episode's moving from the vault is Toby Hooper's 1981 The Fun House. Now, I wanted to watch this for a long time because we saw it on the documentary, little little part of it on the documentary 80s Horror Doc. Um, so I really want to have a watch of this and I haven't seen it. We've seen a lot of Toby Hooper's movies and we've covered a lot on the podcast. So 
Four teenagers visit a local carnival for a night of innocent amusement. They soon discover, however, that there is nothing innocent or amusing there at all. Guys, what did you think about this movie? <laughs> well, it's not got Pat Sharp in it. That's what I found out earlier. earlier. <laughs> all those sexy all twins. twins. Well, <laughs> again, you know, to kick it off, we get... Um, Classic 80s. Classic 80s shower scene. And, but, but hang on, what was that movie we watched that also had the pervy, pervy brother in? Yeah, what is it about the 80s and pervy, pervy brothers? Was it Slumber Party Massacre as well? Guys, you've got older brothers. And, no, you've got brothers. No. You? What, did, they, did they spy on you in the shower? Okay. We just shared a bath. I mean, what? Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we've got... Uh, young, young Amy in the bath, uh, in the shower, and then she's about, we think she's going to get killed POV style, like Classic in, uh, POV, yeah. Right, enjoyed that, and it's, uh, it's her brother retaking, um, Psycho, her protective brother, sort of, <laughs> who's pretty much stalking her for the whole bloody movie. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a whole lot of fun. Prizes to be won. <laughs> Christ. I mean, I didn't think, I don't know, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but there's a lot, there's a lot to enjoy from this one, I think. Um, four crazy kids, Buzz, Amy, Richie and Liz. Uh, Buzz, you get the class, you know, classic horror tropes it's from 1981. You get the douchebag, um, with the flag on his car. You know, he's there, well, I he thought there's a 40 year old man playing a 15 year old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fucking hell. And she's very, she looked very young. She so, looked very young and he looked very old. She was 30 when she filmed this, I think. What? I think I did the maths, right? She was born in like 1962. So yeah, she, she was about 30. Really? Yeah. Didn't look wow. it. Okay. Weird creepy guy with a gun, you know, for the, against the kid. Yeah, that was random. Well, yeah, her brother, her brother, well, like, she, he pranks her, obviously, in the shower, and she's like, she shouts him, doesn't she? I'm gonna get you back, I'm gonna get you back, I'm gonna get the worst you've ever had. And I think she feels a bit rotten afterwards as well, because she really goes for him, doesn't she? She's like, I'm not gonna take you to the carnival now. Because they were, she was like, all up for a romantic kind of, um, kind of date with her boyfriend, and then they just decide to go to the carnival anyway. Well, this is the first the date. Carnival. That she gets told not to go to by her dad because they found dead bodies there. <laughs> I mean, Don't go to the dead body carnival. <laughs> okay, we won't. Let's go. I thought she got bullied into it, you know. They started getting on when she got, but you know they had the classic finger behind the uh, behind the tent. But you know they were. I thought she was a bit too prissy for him, and he was a bit bit of too much of a douchebag. But you know. A few few corn dogs and she's getting busy. <laughs> There's some weird moments in it. There's a, some weird characters. You know, you got um, the fortune teller. It's pretty odd. It's a great carnival. You get weird little freak shows and stuff like that. A magician. What, what the magician say? What was the point? Yeah, I I felt like there was going to be more to that. I swear to God, I was like, they they could use that so well. Like they could have done some kind of magician trick, magician's trick that goes wrong. Well, it didn't go wrong, did it? It was all a, a joke. But then they could have brought that in further on in the movie, maybe. 
It was yeah, obviously. I thought I he think... was going to make a, an appearance later as like in the box or something. Or <laughs> yeah. But well, it was just here's my magic trick. See you later, throw. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk magic trick. Must have been quite popular back then because they had the terror train, didn't they? They had a magician in the terror train. Oh yeah, magicians in the eighties were massive, weren't they? There we go. You just got to stick a stick a magician in there, and that's and that'll get everyone to tell. I mean, I felt uh, all jokes aside, I thought this would be a very cool um, horror to watch on like a drive-through. Very good. It looked like a very good drive-through like horror movie. Um, there were some moments, you know, claps of lightning, bit of dark, bit of jump scares and stuff like silly things that might have got you i thought the the main um and uh antagonist is that right yeah uh like the rapey fucking weird (laughs) what's his name anyone got his name i didn't catch his name no (laughs) old old free noses Good. It was a good mask. Uh, it was very good special effects. I thought in terms of what he looked like, he just looked like someone who was about five foot six, not really that foreboding, but just had three noses and a weird demon face. Just on that, that was the uh, the magnificent Rick Baker. Oh, what the um, special effects, the prosthetic. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Well, that's a lot. They just rewank, like they go into the funhouse, don't they? And then they're having a great time, and then they decide that. We, we're going to stay past hours to have a bit of a... How's your father? How's your father in the funhouse after everyone's gone? And obviously, while they're getting Are down we... to it, the, underneath the funhouse is like the offices, or an office, or a, a, a where this strange man lives, and he's paying the fortune teller old woman to basically uh, give, him the, give him the business. <laughs> so he pays her a hundred dollars of his dad's money, <laughs> which is great. And then she sort of, it's like two tugs and a squirt. And then obviously his masks, Frankenstein mask still on. And she's like, she's like, Oh, well, you finished. Well, look, he starts getting a bit irate. He's a bit like sort of gesturing to her. And she's like, well, you've already paid us and it's not my fault. You can't control yourself. And then he decides to. <laughs> Strangler? <laughs> great, great, great synopsis there. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, that's pretty much it, though, isn't it? He he got a, a handy and he's blown his load, and he's uh, he wants a bit of discount, and she's not willing to give it to him. <laughs> she had her palm well red. Oh, very good. <laughs> but you know, staying the night at the fun house was quite creepy. I think they were they were kind of doing it, weren't they? Did they do it all the way? Don't know. Not 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 important. But, you know, they did witness it. They did witness the murder. And then it's like them trying to escape the funhouse away from him and his father. <laughs> yeah. Because they've obviously then seen his face. Because he pulls his mask off and he's got he's like this white face and fangs and three noses. And he's obviously a... And then you see his twin brother who's obviously died as like a baby fetus thing already in the freak show. Uh, and his dad's like trying to keep him sort of from getting arrested and he's up but he, I think it hints he's he's he was the one that was he what was it he said don't mess with the staff mess with the customers so he's obviously already killed people I and mean, they're just sort of traveling around um again that it's a bit weird because this film has that dynamic of 
the the carnival guy wanting a son, which is weird. Did you not think? Because obviously her brother comes to the carnival to kind of find her, um, and then he kind of gets scared by the monster, and that's a yeah. weird sequence because yeah, like they take it care of did he see? Did he see his sister screaming for help, and he just drove off? Because he's looking out the window as she's screaming. I know there's a fan and they kind of hear her. But he's looking out the window and he can see, he's looking directly where she is. And he's, there's like a scene on like his face. And I was like, Joy, you little shit. Have you just went, haha, you're going to get me, are you? Well, you're about to die in that funhouse. True, because they flash back to her shouting, her shouting, I'm going to get you back. Yeah. yeah, maybe he does. Yeah. Bastard. Well, Joy needs therapy, I think, so... Definitely. But when we get in, into it and it's sort of like it starts like being a whole cat and mouse, it's not too bad. You know, good little axe to the head um, done by the uh, the other fella. That was um, a pretty good little twist, I thought. Um, I, I did think uh, Liz could have uh, maybe saved herself if she just decided that she could have fallen in love with the monster. Well, she kind of does, doesn't she? She kind of like, is that the one that... that... Goes, well, she goes through the trap door, doesn't she? And then she stabs him in the back. Yeah, but first of all, she, that she is willing to give herself up to him. She's like basically insinuating, "I'll do anything. I'll do anything you want. I, you know, we can make this kind of work, kind of thing." But and and then like he then gets on top of her, and she stabs him with the knife. Right? Well, yeah. She kind of deserved it, really. She deserved a strangling. I think does, he does. Does she get strangled? Or is he doing something else? Does he stick a head in the fan? Isn't that what? See, this no. is the point. This is one of the points I want to make about this whole film. So, you when you said it on the last podcast, and then I knew you see I knew I was coming on. Like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Is my like scariest film of all time. It freaks me out to fuck right it's just it, it really freaks out freaks out thinking about it so the fact that Toby Hooper doing a film about carnival folk who also scare me a bit right <laughs> I was fully expecting this to be like insane right and violent and horrific and I found the whole thing quite tame you don't actually see it many people actually die like, even the axe to the head, he does it, but you don't see it. Like, mm-hmm. there's no blood or, you know, it's it, it sort of, everyone dies sort of off camera. Even the strangling's not really horrific. It is, I just it thought is, it was a bit tame. No, it, it's yeah. definitely, definitely tame. It could have been so much more graphic, I think. And I don't know whether it's to do with the studio and stuff like that, and I'll, I'll get on to some bits in my Matt's facts about something to do with that later as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree, it is, it is quite a slow burn, it is a, a bit of a kind of like, right, I don't know whether it's a studio going to him, right, we want we want a kind of like kids, more teenage kind of point of view, kind of horror, um, playing it a bit safer. Amazingly enough, this was actually banned as a video nasty in England, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a bit rapey. Some points. There is some points. Yeah, there is definitely those those points. Let's carry on. Let's carry on. Where, where were we? 
it is yeah. it's a classic sort of demon face, isn't it? Like yeah. it's like raw head Rex. You know, Ish, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Scary sort of face and, and weird. I don't know, like the carny folk angle. But you're right, it doesn't have like I mean it has an axe to the head. You know, there's some she she gets her face pummeled in but you you don't see it. I mean see it, fair enough. But it's the insinuated you know, and there's some good a bit of bit of impalement, you know, for the in the uh when they're fighting. Some not bad deaths. Um, even the jock, the jock dies, but you don't see it. He just comes yeah. out on that card, off-screen kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And the, and, the, and the kills are low. There's not many, many, but um, I don't know. It's classic for me. It's quite classic scares. I thoroughly uh, enjoyed the last scene. The last scene between like the the kind of final girl. <laughs> The final girl and the, the, the monster, as I think he's just called, is the monster. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's quite, um, crazy. I thought it was quite, quite cool. Yeah. Kind of like teamed up the hooks and the kind of spinning stuff and the cogs and everything. It's like, they kind of <laughs> set it up quite well. I thought. He just gets electrocuted in the end, but like, uh, I know what you mean. He sort of runs into the electric panel. But he, but the, the killer always comes back. Yeah. Yeah. One last showdown. And there's a lot of screaming in it. A lot of screaming, which is quite <laughs> funny to watch. And then the best bit, I mean, for me, was like, okay, so she's just going to saunter out of the front of the carnival. Nobody's really, I mean, occasionally you'll see a guy, it's like panning out like grease and you're like fucking, all right, is someone going to help the woman that looks like she's been raped? <laughs> they, must, they must have spent a lot on that last helicopter shot. <laughs> I completely agree with you, Paul. It was actually the best bit of the film. Like, the best shot. Because it, it was almost like, this This girl's appeared from nowhere. She's got blood all over her. She's obviously been through the mill. And they're all just packing up shotgun. Ah, she'll be all right type of thing. Just Probably. wandering through the sort of, the mess. And nobody is paying attention. You see people walk past her, sort of just give her a sideways glance and then just keep walking on. And that, for me, is like where the horror is, is that these these guys just don't give a shit. Apart from that, like the the, the fat lady that's kind of laughing at her as creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. God is watching you. <laughs> oh, but the old creepy lady. Yeah, she, I forgot about her. The witch. Oh, the, the, the old, the, the dummy. The, uh, the yeah. mafia woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. This is it was weird because the intro suggested, and there was some quite interesting puppetry and in, around like puppets and those did, puppets were freaky, man. Yes, one they, particular one in in general that freaked me the fuck out it was like weird looking one. Weird. You know, I thought there was going to be more of that though. I thought the whole funhouse was. I thought obviously because that was the setup to have them in the funhouse and the, and the reason they're getting chased. But I thought from there, like literally, it was about to explode with like the magician and the the random blow. The red, come and see the exhibits far from the east. All that that guy, you know. Um, but you know the one guy plays. The that's same, the three, he three roles. The three people, didn't they? Yeah. 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 It's just um, funny because I was like, hang on, why are they all ginger? I know they're all related, but. <laughs> but I thought that was all gonna. They were all gonna like appear. Yeah. And then they were going to do a bit more sort of work with the puppets, like maybe some of the puppets came alive, or the puppets were actually people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that. that I thought it was a bit a of a lot because of... once they were in the funhouse, they didn't really see much of the funhouse. No, there's a lot of missed opportunities, isn't there? A yeah. Lot of they could have fucked around with the mirrors, bit you know, you got those wonky mirrors. 
I mean, I don't know, we didn't get a lot of carnivals in the UK. It was more kind of circus kind of things, wasn't it? It wasn't really a proper carnival, carny kind of folk. Go in and do like a haunted house or something like that. But I tell you what, I'd love to see Rob Zombie do a remake of this, like, and put, be real fucked up with it. Do you know Big what I mean? Fun. Like proper dirty, scummy kind of this is, carnival. This is what I'd like to see a remake of, definitely. There's so much I could do with it. Yeah. I mean, I know that there has been Funhouse movies. I don't know the direct remakes, but there have been... The Funhouse Massacre and stuff there's like that. Few, yeah, there's a few kicking them out, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But was that a one called Haunt? That's a, that's a, another one, yeah. That's a Scare Maze kind of one, isn't it? Yeah, that's really yeah. good, that one. Haunt, if you get to see that. We're going to get on to some, uh, some Matt's facts. Yeah, um, let's do it. So, uh, a bit on what I was saying earlier about kind of more kind of stuff to it. Um, originally, there's a connection to Dean Arkunst. You know Dean Arkunst, the, the writer? Right, yeah. The, the, other, yeah. the other horror writer. The other horror writer. <laughs> yeah. So, he wrote a novel, novelization of the screenplay under uh, a pseudonym, Owen West. The book contains a lot of backstory added by Kuntz because of this and the fact that the book was released before the movie uh, due to a delay in post-production it's often mistaken that the movie is based on the book but the book is in fact based on the movie and apparently in that book there's a lot more crazy shit going on like this thing is is grotesque and it's going around raping women and there's a lot more heavy stuff in it so maybe that's why a lot of people thought it was going to be kind of a a bit different, do you know what I mean? It was very rapey. Um, there's a, a Steven Spielberg connection, obviously. Spiel, uh, Steven Spielberg asked Toby Hooper to direct E.T. in 1982, but he turned it down because he was too busy on this movie. However, <laughs> okay. however, Hooper and Spielberg would work together again on Poltergeist in 1982. Nice. Which was very interesting. Um, yeah. So we didn't talk about this, but you know all the uh, the weird kind of bit where they were saying, "Oh, come and see these beautiful girls from around oh, everywhere." Oh, yeah. It's really weird and creepy. They were actually um, actual strippers from Miami that they got in to do that. Real, real strippers, they were. I thought that was quite interesting. The weird. Um, so the original plan was to have makeup effects artist Rick Baker play the monster. Uh, before director Toby Hooper caught a performance by a mime, Wayne Dober, who subsequently landed the role. Must be very good. Um, and also, uh, uh, you know the end sequence, the cog where all the cogs are and stuff? Apparently yeah. an, ex- an extra saved Toby Hooper from getting smashed in the face or with a, with a uh, cog and broke his arm. Well, the, ex- the extra saved, did. The extra did, yeah. Saved Toby Hooper which was interesting. And there's a total of six kills. Three male, two female, and one monster. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Not bad. Interesting, but I think, you know, it could have been a lot more, this movie. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. A little bit slow to the pace, but had some good redeeming facts for me. I I love the monster. I thought there's some creepy bits. Yeah. (laughs) Go on then. Geordie Paul, what would you rate this out of ten? I thought it was a real missed opportunity, and I, uh, I thought it was a bit of a slog, to be honest. And um, yeah, a bit tamer than I thought it was going to be. So I'm going to give it a uh, four breaths out of ten. Oh, he's gone low. 
I'm below average. Okay. Posh. I'm, I'm going to give it directly in the middle. It's going for uh, five for me. Yeah, I I I would probably go five as well, uh, middle of the road. Um, but yeah, I you know I picked this. You know, I picked other ones that have been amazing. Um, and I picked this just because I wanted to see it. Yeah, um, I'm glad I've seen it. I'll tell you yeah. what. I'm glad I ticked that one off. So it's good. Definitely, one. definitely. So yeah, all good. Well, uh, I think it's we're going to give this honour to Geordie Paul. He's going to pick a pick us one for the episode ninety-eight. So what have you got for us, fella? Oh Christ! Cool. Well, we to bring it round sort of full circle, you were talking about um, Firestarter earlier on. So I think I think I'm going to give you a bit of Stephen King. Now I don't think you've done this one. Please tell us if I'm wrong, because I have a backup. But I want you to watch Misery. Ooh, no, we haven't done that one yet. We've not done Misery. Ah, I think it's available on Amazon Prime. For it was a while ago. It's definitely... it, was on, it was on Netflix. Ah, okay, cool. Okay, I'll keep an eye out. Okay, that's, sure. that's a good one. I'm happy with that, because was that James Kahn and obviously Oscar winner. Kathy Bates, so there'd be plenty to talk about for that one. Absolutely. And it's the 80s as well, so I just, because of Firestar, and I thought, let's get you some Stephen King in there, so. Well, you could have done Firestar, we haven't done that yet. Have we? (laughs) Yes, we have. (laughs) Have we? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was a while ago. I didn't think he said a misery, and I thought, well, look, Stephen King, what's not to love? Yeah, love a bit of Stephen King, plenty more to to watch. One day we'll get around to the Langoliers, that'd be fun. So good. When all other films have been reviewed. <laughs> well, cheers, cheers for that. Um, thanks yeah, for listening. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Paul. You, always a pleasure, guys. Always a pleasure. Enjoyed it. Just enjoyed talking about car fucking. That was really good. Um, no doubt we'll see you again soon. I'm sure. Yes, we'll see you soon. Um, always come back. <laughs> and thanks uh, everyone for listening. That was. Uh, hope you enjoyed our rather long review of Detain. Uh, Our next episode, the episode 98, running down to uh, episode 100 very, very soon. Um, we are going to be watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the latest one, not, not the old one. And then Paul's just pulled out of the vault. Misery. Very cool. There's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, is another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs>